Well, howdy, neighbors. Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Park of Agriculture's Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org. I'm Slayton Holster with Slayton Holster Farms in San Angelo, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. Thanks so much for taking time to join us for another episode of Texas Ag Today. All you've got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, Texas voters have approved Proposition 1, the constitutional amendment protecting the right to farm and ranch here in Texas. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. As we move closer to winter, a lot of farmers in the Texas High Plains are hoping we'll get some snow along the way. I'm James Hunt and we'll talk about that on Texas Ag Today strengthening beef's reputation with consumers. I'm Tom Nicoletti and I'll have more on this topic with the Executive Vice President of the Texas Beef Council just ahead on Texas Ag Today. Farmers and ranchers from across Texas recently gathered in Waco to discuss issues of interest in the form of policy resolutions for the Texas Farm Bureau. I'm Gary Joyner and I'll have details on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Texas voters approved an amendment to the Texas Constitution on Tuesday, protecting the right to farm and ranch. South Texas farmer and president of the Texas Farm Bureau, Russell Baining, says Tuesday was a historic day in Texas agriculture. Well, it is, Kerry. Coming from a producer standpoint, you know, I've seen how things have changed in this state over the years with our population growth and demographics have changed. It's something that was needed, and it's very gratifying to see the voters uh, accept it. Baining says it was a group effort among all of Texas agriculture that got the amendment passed. Yeah, and from a Farm Bureau standpoint, I can't thank county leaders and county Farm Bureaus enough for their involvement. I mean, their financial support, their legwork, you know, getting it done, getting the signs out, and other organizations as well. Like you said, it was definitely a group effort from agriculture and from other walks of life as well. He adds that the amendment should help to protect Texas farmers and ranchers well into the future. A new report from CoBank has good news for the growing Texas dairy industry. The United States is currently experiencing a butterfat boom, and a new report indicates that trend is likely to continue for the foreseeable future. According to CoBank, over the last decade, U.S. consumers have shifted away from margarine and reduced-fat dairy foods. People are consuming more butter, cheese, and other full-fat dairy foods. 
and CoBank reports demand for those products will continue to grow in both sales and volume for the foreseeable future. As a result of this shift over time, butterfat levels in the national milk supply have risen sharply. CoBank says this butterfat boom will continue as the entire dairy supply chain is capturing additional value from milk with higher fat and protein levels. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. Two Texans have qualified for the World Livestock Auctioneer Championship. Auctioneers from around the country competed in Motley, Minnesota to earn a spot in the national contest. Joshua Garcia of Goliad took second place in the qualifier. He says it was a day full of excitement. Oh, it does. The adrenaline's there. I tell you, whenever you uh, get on the catwalk right before you're fixing to go in, that's kind of the nervous adrenaline. This is the excitement adrenaline. If you get part of both, it's a blessing. Garcia says the interest of becoming an auctioneer began with his grandpa. Since I was a kid going to the cell phone with my grandpa, and it just kind of went from there. But it's an exciting feeling when you go sit at an auction, see the auctioneer, see the cattle moving. It keeps me intrigued. It keeps people intrigued. So I think that's what's going to continue this in the industry. Troy Robinette of Decatur also qualified. The next qualifying event will be held next week in Paris, Kentucky. A lot of farmers in the Texas High Plains are hoping to get some snow this winter. James Hunt has more from Amarillo. With a new winter wheat season underway here in the Texas High Plains, a number of people have told me they're really hoping we get some snow in the months ahead. The fact is, the region overall didn't get much of it last winter. Amarillo, for example, received just 3.8 inches of snow, about 13 inches below normal. Texas A&M AgriLife agronomist Jordan Bell told me getting snow is indeed very important. When we look at years where we receive beneficial snowfall, we see a great benefit, not just in our wheat, but in our summer crops moving forward. Of course, the snow provides moisture. The snow in our region, because it is usually this kind of cyclical snow warming and then cool, maybe another snow event moving in, we have that infiltration, a slow soaking infiltration from it. Dr. Bell says another contribution from snow is that it can provide a protective blanket for winter wheat. So the fact that we got very little snow last winter left area wheat vulnerable. As we look at wheat this past year, it was shocking to see the amount of winter wheat with winter kill. Every year there's a few fields, maybe some leaf burn, but this past year there were numerous fields that were truly winter killed because of that. And when we look at what the snow does as that blanket, it helps buffer the plant from those very cool temperatures, especially sub-zero temperatures at night. And the soil is naturally going to be a little warmer. And so it kind of just helps buffer that plant and that plant sees less injury. Texas A&M AgriLife agronomist Jordan Bell on the benefit of snow. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Strengthening beef's reputation with consumers is a top priority for the Texas Beef Council. Tom Nicoletti visits with the council's executive director. For today's program, we have uh, as our guest Molly McAdams. She is the executive vice president for the Texas Beef Council, joining us from Austin. And uh, Molly, strengthening beef's reputation with consumers was the focal point of a recent panel discussion at the Texas Cattle Feeders Association's annual convention. Why is uh, this topic so important to address? When I think about strengthening beef's reputation, it is a nonstop pursuit. So in terms of importance, I find it paramount. 
there's so much misinformation that exists about beef and it's not just its contribution to the diet, but other topics as well. So part of our mission as Texas Beef Council to grow beef demand, it really starts with making sure that consumers believe in what our product has to offer. And so we take the job very seriously to do everything we can to strengthen our reputation. And at Texas Cattle Feeders Convention, we focused on nutrition, but clearly our work expands far beyond beef's role in a healthy diet. And certainly this is important because of all the misinformation out there about beef. Yes, absolutely. It is nonstop. When I think about the amount of time I've spent working in this industry in one way, shape or another, it is continuous and the efforts are sustained. Some of them are nefarious and they're going right at us, either as ranchers or farmers. And in some cases, it's misperception. Either way, we do fight all misperceptions with diligence and backed by science. More with Molly McAdams, the Executive Vice President of the Texas Beef Council, on our next program. I'm Tom Nicoletti at the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Farmers and ranchers from across Texas gathered in Waco to discuss policy resolutions for the Texas Farm Bureau. Gary Joyner was there. I'm in Waco with the Vice President of the Texas Farm Bureau, Mark Daniel from Seymour. He just chaired the Texas Farm Bureau Resolutions Committee at their two-day meeting. Some of the topics, Mark, that uh, the the, uh, committee was interested in that were submitted by county farm bureaus that caught your ear. Certain topics of interest? You know, the the one that came to the top this year was the capture of carbon, which has been new to our market, and it's an evolving market, but committees work through it, and now we have policy to present at the state, state convention. What happens now uh, once your committee has completed its work? After we completed today, the, the final reading was done today, and from here it gets typed up and put in a, in a formal format. It goes to the state convention to get voted on by the general de- delegation. Where do these uh, resolutions originate? How do they come to this point? All of these come from the counties, truly grassroots, uh, county board members, individuals, farmers and ranchers. That's just where it comes from. What would you suggest is the the mood of the counties right now based on the resolution submitted? Uh, are there some uh, important issues that they want addressed? You know, as always, water comes to the top. I've been in and out of this process for many years, and water and taxes, uh, property rights, those always are top focus of Texas Farm Bureau. Carbon capture in particular, why is that of of high interest? Is that an emerging area that farmers and ranchers are starting to learn more about? It is, and it, it, you know we read a lot about it in the news and this, that, and the other, but the technology that's coming along, how they capture these these different markets and how they want to store it, how they want to pipe it, uh, it affects our land. And and as always, you know we want we want our landowners to be protected in these in these areas. Other topics that uh, were of interest, uh, helium balloons. Why are helium balloons of interest? You know, that's an interesting topic. My home county, uh, we have a veterinary that's on our board, and and he submitted this again. It was already in policy, but, uh, you know, these balloons, whatever you send up, it has to come back down, and if it happens to come down in your pasture, and a a livestock, especially cattle, they'll eat those, and uh, they can't pass them, so... Typically, we'll lose animals from time to time from, from these adults, animals ingesting these balloons. That's Mark Daniel, Vice President of the Texas Farm Bureau and Chairman of this year's Texas Farm Bureau Resolutions Committee. I'm Gary Joyner in Waco for the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The Texas Parks and Wildlife Commission recently gave approval to several proposed rules that would impact Texas deer breeders. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. 
and a new study shows an effective way of treating laminitis in horses. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Well, howdy, neighbors. Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Department of Agriculture's Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org. Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau Health Plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, visit tfbhealth.com. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. A new study shows an effective way of treating laminitis in horses. Dr. Bob Judd says it's called a hard bar shoe. Laminitis is a devastating condition in horses. It causes severe pain in the feet and can lead to suffering and even death. There are many treatments recommended for laminitis concerning trimming and shoeing, and none have a lot of scientific proof that one is better than the others. However, a new study performed at Louisiana State University found that hard bar shoes stabilize the coffin bone in laminitic feet so the bone does not move any more than in healthy hooves with the same shoes. In laminitis, the major concern is that the coffin bone in the hoof either rotates downward or sinks in the hoof capsule, and the goal with treatment is to stop this movement. Dr. Mandy Lopez and her team evaluated many different types of shoes used in the treatment of laminitis, and she indicated weakened hoof tissue must be stabilized to heal. The testing was performed on cadaver limbs, and three shoes were tested, including standard open heel shoes, an egg bar shoe, and a hard bar shoe. An egg bar shoe is a shoe that is complete circle with no openings, and a hard bar shoe is also closed and has an upside-down V covering the frog for support. Results indicated when simulating walking in healthy hooves, the heart bar and egg bar decrease movement of the bone inside the hoof. However, in horses with laminitis, only the heart bar shoe prevented movement of the bone toward the ground surface. Dr. Lopez indicates the worst case scenario is using a standard open heel shoe, as this does not support the bone in the hoof. The interesting finding of this study is that horses with laminitis and those without laminitis react differently to different shoes. This research used cadaver limbs, and further research should be performed on live horses. I'm Dr. Bob Judd, and this is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The Texas Parks and Wildlife Commission recently gave approval to several proposed rules that will impact Texas deer breeders. Jessica Dome will take a look at those rules in today's Wildlife Report. Late last week, the Texas Parks and Wildlife Commission tabled several proposed chronic wasting disease-related regulations. The commission did move forward with some of the proposed rules. Here's Commission Chairman Jeffrey Hildebrand. 
I am comfortable moving forward on and implementing these actions. One, require any mortem live animal testing of test eligible deer prior to transfer from a breeding facility to another breeding facility. Two, eliminate provisions allowing deer breeders to transfer fawns to external facilities for nursing purposes. Three, impose a seven-day deadline for submission of CWD test samples for trap, transport, and process permits. Four, remove the three-year sunset of provisions governing the anti-mortem testing of breeder deer prior to release. Five, change the deadline for Category B trace breeder facilities to submit required whole herd anti-mortem CW samples from 45 days to 60 days. Six, strengthen provisions governing the obligations of release site owners in the event a release site becomes epidemiologically linked to a CWD positive deer breeding facility. However, it should be noted we are going from one day to seven days on testing. And finally, provide for the suspension of managed land deer programs, MLDP, privileges for landowners who fail to comply with harvest testing and record keeping requirements at release sites epidemiologically linked to a CWD positive deer facility. The commission received 4,260 public comments on those proposed rules. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. It's time to check the markets. We'll be back with a complete look at the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Howdy, neighbors. Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Department of Agriculture's Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org. Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau Health Plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, call 833-TX-HEALTH or visit 833-TXHEALTH.COM. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. We finally saw a bounce back in the cattle futures market on Wednesday. Now, the Wednesday session did start off with a drop in both live and feeder cattle. However, shortly after the open, it turned around and moved positive. That's how we closed it out. Higher close for both live and feeder cattle futures. December live cattle up 62 cents, 179.40. The February up a dollar five, one seventy nine forty seven. April live cattle up a dollar two at one eighty one sixty two. November feeder cattle jumped two thirty two, closing at two thirty four fifty five. January feeders up a dollar ninety five at two thirty two seventy seven, while March feeders were up a dollar seventy five to close at two thirty five even. Cash fed cattle market still quiet for the week. No bids or asking prices to report. Boxed beef prices mixed on Wednesday. Choice down a dollar sixty, two ninety eight seventy eight. Select up eighty nine cents at two seventy thirty seven. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. 
Riley Road sold cattle way up into the night on Monday night at Live Oak Livestock Three Rivers. Riley, how many of those uh, split foot things did you end up selling? I ended up with a 2,371 head yesterday, uh, and the uh, market was good, uh, pretty much fully steady, maybe a little bit better again on the lightweight calves. Uh, the wean calves we had, uh, you know, brought a little premium. I thought probably pretty close to 10 cents uh, on the premium on about 300 of those wean calves. Um, ended up with quite a few cows uh, on the pairs, nine seventy five up to eighteen fifty. Uh, the bread cows nine hundred up to fifteen and a quarter. Packer cows look like they were a little bit stronger as well, ninety eight to a dollar six on your high yielding cows. Uh, uh, breakers ninety four to a dollar. Canners fifty four to eighty four. High yielding Packer bulls one twelve to one eighteen. Low to medium yielding bulls ninety four to one twelve. The two to three weight choice steers two sixty to three ten. Heifer mates two fifty four to two ninety two. Three to four weight choice steers two fifty eight to three hundred four. Heifer mates 232 to 280. Four to five weight choice steers 248 to 298. Heifer mates 220 to 268. Five to six weight choice steers 224 to 268. The heifer mates 216 to 248. Six to seven weight choice steers 206 to 234. Heifer mates $2 to 214. And the seven to eight weight cattle your choice steers 208 to 230. Heifer mates 198 to 212. So got along real well. I was real pleased with the market. Uh, quite a few new orders in the house yesterday. And uh, uh, got along real well. Good. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you. Heroes to sell. 361-786-2553 is the office. Liveoakglass.com is a web. Riley, I appreciate your business. Thank you for the call. Thank you, Larry. And neighbor, we appreciate you listening to us on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The program Walking the Pins. My guest was Riley Rhodes. You're listening to us right this second on Texas Ag Today. Back over to the futures market now, where lean hogs finished lower on Wednesday. December hogs down a dollar forty, seventy-one fifty. February hogs down a dollar seventeen at seventy-four eighty-five. December class three milk up thirty-four cents, closing at seventeen twenty-one a hundredweight. The drop continued in the cotton market on Wednesday. It just doesn't seem like we can find a bottom in this market right now. Of course, we do have the WASDE report coming out, the World Ag Supply and Demand report. Perhaps that could give some support to the market. Also getting the export sales report out this week, that might help as well. December cotton dropped 159 points, closing at 74.89. March cotton down 167, 77.70, with May cotton down 140 points, 79.09. Grain markets had quite a boost on Wednesday, both corn and wheat finishing higher. The gains in corn weren't quite as good as wheat. December corn up 7.5 at 4.76. March corn up 6.5 at 4.90 a bushel. Both hard and soft wheat saw double-digit gains. December Kansas City wheat up 22.5, 6.55. December Chicago wheat up 22 cents at 5.92 and a quarter. In the energy markets, December natural gas unchanged at 313. December West Texas crude down $1.68 at $75.69 a barrel. The financial markets were mixed Wednesday afternoon. The Dow down 40 points, 34,112. The NASDAQ up 10, 13,650, with the SP up 4, 4,382. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this episode of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A., Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. 
Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.